Welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire fan podcast for Steven Universe. This is episode 48. Uh, we're going to be talking about Sadie's song today. I'm Sophia. I'm Ken. And I'm GC13. Before we get started, I think we should probably address this at some point. Dakota has not been on the podcast recently because he's taking a break. Sophia is not like replacing him or anything. We were looking for a new person before Dakota started to take a break. So if anyone was real, uh, worried about that or wondering where he was, he will be back at some point in the future. I was really considering setting out the Dakota signal for this episode, though, because I figure he had to have loved that song. I mean, I know I loved it. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm sure he was all over it. The song. They promised us a catchy song, and have they delivered? I, I, I'm two dozen of the listens it has on SoundCloud Easy. Probably more. I have this thing tabbed. I've just been I've been humming it, and then I've been playing it. It's, it's in my head, and it's playing, and I'm not fighting it. It's too good. It's a catchy song. I definitely agree with that. I like it, but I have felt absolutely no need to go back and listen to this. All right, so thoughts on this episode? This is the kind of episode that I really shouldn't like, because I don't like any any plot lines that where the audience has information that the some characters know and others don't, and that the tension is the fact that the, the characters don't know. I don't like anything like that, so us knowing how uncomfortable Sadie is and Steven and Barb just going full bore always makes me uncomfortable to watch. Yep, same here. In, in subsequent viewings, it, it doesn't feel as long. When I watched it the first time, it felt like it dragged on forever. But yep, same here. Now that I, now that I know how it goes, it, it's a lot more bearable to watch, especially since I know that it has a positive ending coming. Oh yeah, the first time this episode was super hard to watch. It was the Ronaldo incident all over again. I related grossly to the situation. It was just like no, because I thought it was gonna go with like the cartoon trope of Sadie end up like performing at the end and being herself and she didn't and I really like that now this is one of my favorite quote unquote filler episodes in the show so good yeah they always throw little curveballs in how the episode goes I like that about them yeah that curveball was definitely the best part of the episode for the record Hunter's not here in this episode but he also told us that this was one of his favorite if not his favorite so you got that but for me uh, everything GC said, I agreed with, except I still have not actually come around. It's still just difficult for me to watch. And I thought the sitcom level conflict here was really predictable and just overdone, and I didn't really care for it. They resolve it in a pretty unique way. Again, we got that curveball at the end with the better improved moral over what like a generic sitcom would give us, but the conflict was still at its heart, just a generic sitcom level conflict that could have been resolved by communication that could have happened at any point, but they just saved the communication for the end. And because this entire problem could have been uh, resolved with communication, I wasn't very sympathetic to Sadie here. So, I mean, it just didn't work that well for me. Well, they did show her trying. She didn't try very much, though. Well, Sadie, like, this is this is her whole life, having to deal with her mother controlling everything. So I imagine yeah. even as an adult, it'd be very difficult to speak up. On one hand, you're right, but as soon as she talks to her mom about it, like, the moment they have that conversation, well, her mom drops the subject, right? Like, she doesn't, like, try and make her perform. If they had shown Sadie making a more forceful, sincere attempt earlier in the episode, and her mom being, like, a jerk about it, then I would have been more sympathetic. But that's not the way they did it. Barb's not a jerk, though. She's just extremely enthusiastic. I agree, but with her merely being extremely enthusiastic, that leaves me unsympathetic to Sadie. I don't know, I think her and Steven feeding off of each other was was enough, because Sadie did try, and they just drowned her out. I don't think Sadie tried hard enough. I don't know. I have very little sympathy for these poor communication issues. But yeah, tough to watch the first time, and as far as Ken's concerned, just tough to watch in general. 
So I, I guess it's amazing that we've spent this long and not mentioned it, but it finally happened. I mean, fan art has been predicting a cross-dressing Steven for a long time. I guess the only impressive thing is that he wasn't dressed up like his mother. Oh, Steven in a dress completes me. I was so happy to see him on stage just come up, and he's performing its heart, and I'm like, yes! So good. I love this episode. Yeah, that was a really good moment. They, they, they sold it. They sold it to us that, yeah, this is what Steven really wants. He's like getting excited over, ooh, that outfit's pretty. Sadie, my lady. Here you are, my Lars. And so I was right. I was right. I was, when we saw the preview for this episode, I'm like, oh, please just let us have a Sadie episode without Ronaldo. Please let Ronaldo, or not without Ronaldo, without Lars. Please let Lars walking out of the Big Donut be him symbolically walking out of the episode. And he <laughs> did. Nice. I mean, he was he was texting in the audience, but he was the only one who wasn't reacting to Steven's performance at all. I mean, I'm all for a Lars redemption, but I'm very happy he was not important at all in this episode. I mean, because Lars has had episodes without Sadie being important, but this is the first time that Sadie's got an episode where Lars wasn't important. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was refreshing. We also got uh, two things two things more or less confirmed this episode. Uh, Sadie's last name, mm-hmm. which was nice, and um, I guess further confirmation that it has been over a year since the show started. Yep. Beachapalooza number two. What's her last name? Miller. But I want to know what performance Steven did Two years ago at Beachapalooza, where they had to make a rule that no one could be naked. I don't know. He might have just gone up there in his underwear, because Sadie might have been there, and that's why she said she wasn't planning on going up there in her underwear. She might have seen that performance. We don't know. It's very possible. Although, the the people in Beach City seem to be very separate from each other. Like, Barb and Sadie, Stephen didn't know about them being related, even though they live in a town of, like, 15 people. And Amethyst didn't see Vidalia for years at a time, so it's really weird how such a small town is so isolated from each other. It doesn't add up to me. Yeah, I, th- I think the town is kind of unrealistically insular, and I, g- I guess that's just the price you pay for you know building your cast as you go along. Well, we've talked about this on the show before, and I think in the past I've mentioned that the town necessarily has to be bigger than it is with like the 15 cast members that we see. That's not even enough to populate the buildings around. And in this episode, we see that because we see at Beachapalooza a bunch of extra background characters that we've never seen before that don't have names or pages on the SU wiki. And I've mentioned before that I'm actually a fan of them adding those extra background characters because I don't like having such a small cast. Yeah, I know for Invader Zim, they when they were posting their stuff to the internet, they said something like, one of the first things they had to do when they were starting the series is we have to make a hundred background character models. These are just people who will be in the, the extras in the shots, you know? Yeah, and Steven Universe avoided doing that. They would just use the same, like, 10, 15, 20 people. But it looks like now, at least in this episode, they're using more of them, and I appreciate that. They've done that a couple of other times before, like in Tiger Millionaire, I think we discussed. It might be like, they might be doing what the what the 3D Clone Wars series did. You know, since that was done in 3D, they have to painstakingly model every single thing that goes into the episodes. And so just as the series went on, they would have more and more elements because they could just pull in stuff that they had already done from an episode before and you don't have to pay somebody to make it again. Uh, That's a good point. It's like you don't have to pay somebody to design a new background character. Well, didn't uh, Matt confirm that they're trying not to make one-off characters in the show? Did he say that? It was a tweet. Wait, wait. Sophia. She see. I sense a disturbance. And I'm Hunter! 
Oh, Hunter, we have to stop meeting like this. Woo! I um, I'm late again. But wait, what are we? What are we? What are? Oh yeah, yeah. There was an episode this week, and I and I loved it. I loved it. Thank so I, you. I think it might be uh, tied with Garnet's universe for my favorite episode. I thought you said uh, the Uncle Grandpa episode was your favorite. Did I? Did I say that? Did that come out of my mouth? Hunter says a lot of stuff. Yeah, I say a lot of things, Ken. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, this was a this was a great episode. It I was amazing. It. Thank it you. It was Hunter. great, wasn't it? High five. Yeah. That that was. I was the in worst. there too. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can't. Yeah. Yeah, I was the only one who wasn't that hot about this. Sophia's acting, like, especially frustrated, but you weren't even arguing with, with me earlier. You were just frustrated silently. No, I've, I've gone to, I've accepted the fact that sometimes Ken has wrong opinions. <laughs> <laughs> just plain wrong, That's Ken. That's why we keep him on the podcast. Yeah, he we need, plays it, we devil's need a counterpoint. Advocate. That is actually the role I intentionally try and play often, but here this is a legitimate opinion. I just wasn't that crazy about it. It is a good episode, though. I wouldn't call it legitimate. Okay. <laughs> no, but this... This so, was... Hunter, how many how many times have you listened to Haven't You Noticed I'm a Star? I had it on loop all day at work. I have been oh. playing it and singing it. It's, it's, it's on my phone. It's on my computer. It's awful. It's part of me now. Probably, I think it elevated to my favorite song... Uh, that came out of Steven Universe. Yeah, this we're we're contending with stronger than you here. I think it. Oh I think it's goodness. that no. strong. It no, is. It is. Jason. I do not. Ex- no, no, I'm and, actually. And no, also, I do not accept al- this at all. And also, I think the best version of the song is not the like re- like the recorded version. You like Steven's version? I though. do. I love Steven's version. It was Steven's so version good. is pretty good. And I didn't expect it to be good, because, like, what was the, what was Steven's... The boy can sing! Why would you not think his version's gonna be good? Because I didn't, I don't think I've liked Steven singing in any song I've heard him do, except for, uh, Be Giant Where... Woman. You better say Giant Woman. Nope. Be Wherever You Are, because I love Be Wherever You Are. That Thank is, that you. is also yeah, a good really song, good. but how can you not love Giant Woman? I just, like, I like the song. I just, like, Steven's singing is just, like, average in it, and then I really don't like... Um, what's it, uh... Dear Old Dad? That too. I like Dear Old Dad, but I also think that's, like, his weakest when he's singing, uh, is it Dear Old Dad? And also at, uh, what's it called? The do-do-do-do-do? Oh, the... The Stephen's Lament. Song. Stephen's Lament, yeah. I, I didn't think he was very good in Stephen's Lament, but this was... Wait, and the range towards the end, it was so very good and, like, not a struggle at all. It was, uh... I loved all of the versions. You want to know the scary thing about me? Because I'm just looking at that and I'm like, wait a minute, he set down the microphone so he could make it rain glitter. How come his voice isn't fading? Yeah, I had the same GC, it's not that kind of show. We disregard your physics and substitute our own. It touch- This episode touched me way in the deep downs, too, of just the, the overbearing mother. Yeah. It was, uh, it was crazy. For, I've I've have very overbearing parents, and this was very 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 difficult to watch for me because I'm just like no. Yep. So like Barb overbearing or Doctor Maheshwaran overbearing? Uh, both. Can we? Hmm. Okay. I feel like I need to say something here. Of I was not able to talk about Nightmare Hospital. I despise Doctor Maheshwaran. Who? Okay. okay. I think I might. No, no, I don't dislike her more than Lars, but, <laughs> but I dislike Dr. Maheshwaran strongly. She is an idiot. I don't know, It's it was a lot like, uh, did any, no, nobody saw the movie. Um, uh, at the theater I worked at, we were showing this movie called uh, She's Funny That Way, 
And in the movie, there's a character who's an old man. Throughout the entire movie, he is being punished by the universe of the movie. It's just constantly at odds ends with everyone. Everything bad happens to him. At the very end of the movie, uh, he gets sent to jail. He's in the, like, the middle of the jail. He's doing weights. And, like, four very large criminals, like, come up. Like, they're about to beat him up. And the entire movie, it felt entirely awkward. Just, how how much does the director think we hate this man? Because I don't hate him at all. Give him a beat down in the yard. Like, he, it felt uncomfortable because he did not, it's almost like uh, the, the woman in Jurassic World who got, like, viscerally destroyed by the pterodactyls. Yeah, yeah, the movie hated her a lot more than we actually did. I hated the whole movie. You hated Jurassic World? That's I another hate, podcast. I hate it so much. That's another podcast. It was so bad. It was an okay movie. And this episode, I felt it was somewhat the opposite, of which th- this episode gave a lot more patience to Dr. Maheshwaran than I felt I could bear. Well, this show is not about being mean-spirited. Like, they don't ha- like to have Squidward characters where all their purpose is to just be punished. Lars! Lars. Well, Lars has it coming for the most part, and they're usually problems that he causes, and that kind of come around to bite him in the butt. But it's not like the universe deciding that Lars is a terrible person and just using him as a punching bag. Squidward is much better than Lars. Don't you you try to Okay, you're right! You're right! Squidward is better than Lars! Like, I really sympathize with Squidward most of the time. He's like Tom and Jerry, and every episode I see, it's Jerry coming out looking for trouble. Yeah. the same way I see it. Squidward just wants some peace and quiet. But Lars is like, accept me or I will be a dingle to you. Yeah, there was a real transition in SpongeBob of like, or not SpongeBob, uh, Tom and Jerry... Of how, like, in the beginning episodes of, like, the first season, I guess. It's that mean old Tom is yeah, being Yeah, it was, it was mean again. old Tom. Like, Jerry just comes out. He's like, oh, I want some cheese. Or I'm just uh, chilling in my home. Or I'm showing my nephew around town. And then in the later episodes, it's, oh, here, here comes Jerry uh, off to cause more mischief. Yeah, it's it's an interesting di- but but back to Doctor Maheshwaran. All right, I was I was sick of Doctor Maheshwaran after like this was an eleven minute long episode. After about three minutes, I was done with Maheshwaran. That being said, it was a really good episode. What was the difference? Like, I think I relate to having parents both like Barb and Doctor Maheshwaran, but watching Doctor Maheshwaran was very funny to me. Like, I was laughing at all like the ridiculously strict. This is like, did you know how many people I see who have their faces cut off? None, because their parents <laughs> love them. And I was just, that I was found really that good. really funny and like relatable, but not in a painful sort of way yeah. like it was with Barb. Like with Barb, it was like, oh my god, no. See, I was the exact opposite. Like, I felt so much for Barb. Like, I, here's the thing. Like, the, the Barb is a lot like, not my mother. My mother is, goodness, my, I wish my mother was at least a little overbearing. My mother has been very relaxed with just about everything I've done. I mean, I'm, I'm a sweaty, fat nerd sitting in his room doing a podcast about Steven Universe. So she's obviously okay with a lot of things. But like the rest of my family, it's, oh, that Hunter, he's, he's gonna be a lawyer. You're gonna be a lawyer, right? You're, you're gonna be a lawyer, aren't you? And so I, but the, it's, it's that they mean well and they're doing it in a very good spirited way. It's not like a negative, uh, totalitarian sort of view on my freedoms and how I'm gonna live my life. It's more so that, oh, we just, we, we think you'd be good at, we want, we want you to succeed in life. We just want everyone to see how cool you are, Hunter. Instead of just, uh, uh, no, 
Well, applying pressure is still applying pressure, even if it's positive pressure or pressure yeah. towards a good aim. It's still just like undue stress, especially if it's something you don't want to do, even if it's something you want to do, yeah. but particularly if you don't want to do it. That's true. And I, I wonder if they like did this on purpose of airing the episode with Connie's mom and the episode with Sadie's mom back to back. Yeah, the two mom episodes in a row is very, very suspicious. Yeah, yeah, people have people have been noting that. It's like, oh, we have two people with mommy issues now. And then Steven actually makes three. I liked how it was handled, though. I liked how when the moms realized that something was wrong, they didn't, like, try and downplay their kids' feelings and be like, you just have to listen to me. They were like, okay, well, let, let, let's talk that about that. That was what Dr. Maheshwar was doing for the entire episode! Until the end, and then Until she realized... The end. Oh, that makes that up for problem. it! Until the end! Well, it does literally make up for it, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. what were you expecting? Yes. I want so her. she realized she was wrong, and Connie does know how to use the sword, although I kind of wish that they had at one point had her say, Connie, even if you do know how to use the sword, you're asking to cut up my patience, and I can't allow that. Yeah, that would have been good, too. I wish I wish Dr. Maheshwan would have lost an arm. Oh my god. Okay, okay. whatever. I did not like her. Hunter is now just being too unreasonable. <laughs> I want her and Lars on a boat straight to the ocean. You just want you just want Uncle Grandpa to fire his head cannon. Yes, at it? I was saying we'll let Malachite have them. Yeah, let Malachite have. Ooh, what's what's the next episode's title? Catch, Catch and release. release. Ooh, it's gonna be good. I'm I'm thinking centipedal. What are you guys <gasps> thinking? I I make no predictions, but I think the slinker has a slightly higher probability than the others. Really, the slinker? I don't think we're gonna see the slinker again. I don't think we're gonna. I've seen people talking about Malachite, Centipedal, Slinker, and Peridotin. I, I like Slinker's odds the best, but it's only uh, it's only a slight edge. I'm guessing I'm guessing Peridot. Okay, so this this episode's description is we finally see inside Steven's bathroom, but the promo we saw was him in, in the, the bubble room. The bubble Gar I don't think it's Garnet's room. I think it's just the bubble room that Garnet is in. It's the lowest room in the temple. It's the basement. And they actually call it that in Secret Team. Who was it who sang the, like, recorded version for... Marceline's voice actress, Olivia... Olivia Olsen. Yeah, there you go. I was really hoping they'd pull pull something meta out of them and have the uh, the other member of... Was it Garfunkel and Oates? Or yeah, something? that's it. Garfunkel yeah. and Oates. Yeah, I was hoping they'd get uh, the other half of Garfunkel and Oates to do the recorded version. That would have been cool. That would have been really cool. And so, like, the first uh, clip we saw of Sadie singing uh, would have just been a, a Garfunkel and Oates song. I don't know about you guys, but I kind of want Rebecca Sugar to sing a song in the show. Like, not just the end credits one. That'd be great. Let's talk about the end credits yes. for a moment. I don't think we talked about the new verse. I watched it uh, I watched it on the television, and they didn't show the end credits. They never show the end credits. You have to buy it on iTunes or somewhere yep. to get the end credits. Yeah. What, what was it? They have a new verse to Love Like You. Oh, Do you want to take me? it away, Sophia? You going to sing it for us? I feel like Sadie now. I'm on the spot for singing. I always thought I might be bad, now I'm sure that it's true, cause oh. I think you're so good, and I'm nothing like you. But I love it because Miss Sugar has this kind of flippant tone to it, just a little bit when she yeah. sings it, just a She's bit got of a lot more emotion in it, I can't at do the that. End. She's got that you. I actually really did, okay, I did see a post somewhere about it, it might actually be on our website of, uh, 
some uh, people were talking about how it is a song from Rose to Greg. I dropped a comment there about that. Yeah, yeah. There are so many possibilities, but I, I'm biased to hear it as being for Rose, especially after this third verse, because, you know, I like to see her as a hard-edged gem who, you know, kind of wishes she could be nicer. So it that really fits in with my biases, but it could be a whole lot of people at oh, this yeah. point. There's so many, like... Heck, it could be from the gems to Steven. Yeah, and, and it could also be like, there is no real singer or audience. It's like supposed to reflect the whole show. It could mm-hmm. be like, we just don't know now, but we will in the future, and it's going to be really obvious. It could be so many things, and I want to know. It's like really interesting, yep. this kind of Gravity Falls-like puzzle they have going on here. But yeah, but but my biases say, GC, it, it has to be Rose, because it's ew, perfect. Maybe every verse is a different character. Speaking of Gravity Falls, uh, when's the next episode coming out? That is a very good question. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I got caught up a few weeks ago. It was surprisingly good. I did not remember that show being that it's really funny. good. It's really good, ain't it? Yeah, it is. Roadside Attraction will premiere in one day, one hour, and 48 minutes. Oh, are you kidding me? Uh, really? Wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, so by the time this episode goes live, it'll be, it'll be Monday night. Mm-hmm. That's very mm-hmm. true. But yeah, this Sadie's song really good. We got we get, we got a, we had a lot of good jokes in there too. Uh, <laughs> I knew I knew you delivered the mail. I didn't know you delivered Sadie too. Oh oh oh! Yeah, oh remember, I lost I lost my dang mind. Last last week we were talking about how the boarders who did uh, keeping it together in Nightmare Hospital are the same ones that are doing this one, and they did they, yeah. they snuck in that horror like face from Barb as Stephen was going Beach Palooza, Palooza, <laughs> and uh, that face, and I'm like they snuck it in. Oh yeah, that was great. You know, we should mention that Mr. Smiley had a new, had a different voice actor did in he? this this episode. I believe his uh, name was, was it Sinbad. I believe it was I believe his name was Colin Dunn. I do remember really liking Mr. Smiley's lines in this one. At, see, at first yeah, when good. he was doing the shouting delivery, he sounded like Sinbad, but as he calmed down and talked to Sadie, it was obvious that it was a different yep, voice. Yep. I did not notice at all. Like, I still watch the episode, and I see no difference. Like, is there a reason why they change voice actors? Do I mean, we know? Sinbad's a, Sinbad's a busy man. Yeah, I can, wait, is he, is he really? What's Sinbad <laughs> doing these days? That's like saying, it's, oh yeah. Just- hey, hey, don't badmouth Sinbad. You're, you're right. Yeah, why would? <laughs> wait, so is this actual, like, person named Sinbad, or is it just the character that he played? No, he's, I don't know. He, Dude, he's credited as his, Sinbad. His name is Sinbad as much as Ice Cube's name is Ice Cube. Yeah. Barb said, uh, the best man, woman, or animal on the force. And I'm kind of thinking that the animal on the force might have been Lion with his pizza delivery thing in the comics. Oh, yeah. No, they need a corgi. Everything needs a corgi. Everything needs a corgi. Corgi. A corgi. Corby. Corby. Corbin. Corbin the corgi. Q-W-E-R-T-Y. Corgi. One thing else I want to ask, one thing I want to ask that I haven't seen anybody mention in the discussion thread, so I'm kind of hesitant to bring it up, you know, because it'll probably make me sound like an idiot, but the softball uniform that Barb first pulled out, and I'm thinking, wow, that looks a lot like Ben's outfit from Ben 10. It did. I mean, it doesn't have the green pants, but the... Not all softball uniforms look like that, so could they have chosen that layout specifically for Ben 10? Will we ever know? I guess we could ask. Let's make a Ben 10 podcast. Oh, God, no. no. <laughs> what do you mean, oh, God, no? I've always hated that show. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm looking at the Ben 10 outfit, and that black stripe is uh, very horizontal while on Sadie was diagonal. Aside from the Moxie song, the Moxie singing the theme song, I don't see too much about Ben 10 to go wild for. I liked Ben 10. I didn't. Great theme song. Okay, so this episode had 1.495 million viewers. Uh, it was actually at number one this week, just above We Bear Bears, which was at 1.434. Really? Yeah, We oh, Bear yeah. Bears yep. is doing really good. Yeah, yeah, Teen Titans Go didn't air a new episode this week. Actually, they aired a rerun and still got 100,000 more viewers than their premiere last week did, which is weird. Is there something going on in Cartoon Network recently? Because I've been hearing stuff being thrown around. The schedule's going insane. They pulled they pulled most of the old old premieres. They're going to premiere Wabbit. They're still premiering Steven Universe, and they're still premiering Total Drama. Wait, Wabbit? It's a new Looney Tunes. So on the podcast, have I talked about my crack theory, or should I say thought experiment, that perhaps Adventure Time is an alternate future of Steven Universe? No, you have not. Okay, I'm the, sure we're going to get into it now. Okay, okay. yeah, the, well, I, I'm setting this up for a reason, but the theory <laughs> is that the Mushroom War and then the resulting Mushroom Bomb was not a war between humans, it was an effort to drive gems off the planet, and as evidence for my fake theory, I used the Lich's desire not just to extinguish all life in Ooh, but to travel into the stars and extinguish all the life there, where we know the gems, you know, they rule the universe as far as we know. At least a good chunk of it. Okay. I mean, that's not literally nothing, so... Uh, that That's my crack theory, that the Lich is the embodiment of the human humanity's suicidal desire to destroy the gems, you know, because if they're going down, they might as well take their enemies with them. Well, I bring that up because Martha Lee, Marceline's voice actress sang our catchy pop tune. That she did. And so now we know that it is not the definite future, but this is an alternate future, because somewhere somewhere in the past, probably during the Rebellion, something happened so that the Crystal Gems were destroyed, but the homeworld came back to check on the Earth later, like several years later. Whereas in the Adventure Time timeline, Marceline is a young child during the Mushroom War. Now she has, you know, grown up, and she's a pop singer now. Maybe she's just a child star. No, we see a picture of her. She's at least in her teens. Oh, we see a picture of the singer this episode? On the... She's on the CD cover. Totally missed that. All right. So I guess we will find out the big mystery about Catch and Release next week, and we will be there to talk about it, same time as always. Until then, I'm GC13. I'm Ken. I'm Sophia. And I want to start a Transformers podcast. <laughs> no, we're leaving no. it in Secret no. Saturdays. <laughs> You're right. I, w- I would leave if you started a Transformers podcast. <laughs> All right, then. And I'm Hunter. Later, kiddos. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.